0: We're going to talk tonight about um, Christmas Eve, right? Big surprise, right? And one of the things I've noticed in all of my time doing what I do is that the two hardest messages to write every single year are Christmas and Easter, in part because it's like every year, like no one comes into Christmas being like, I wonder what's going to happen. Is Mary going to find a place for her baby? Oh my gosh, I hope so. You know, like we already kind of know how the story goes. I always run into writer's block, I'm like, usually the week of, I'm like an Old Testament prophet, I'm like, you know, calling down fire from heaven, You know, God help me out with anything, right? And this year has been an unusual year in a number of different ways, not the least of which is the idea of, I was actually able to write this sermon pretty easily. Um, Because 2020 has been a year unlike any other for a lot of us, right? Um, I still remember about nine months ago, I worked from this McDonald's just up the street at Orange and Monroe, I work in the lobby there and you know, doing stuff and I still remember the day when like coronavirus became a thing here you know and it, I remember I got there in the morning and it just seemed like every additional hour there was like more and more kind of chatter and kind of buzz about like what is this like virus thing I have a friend Alex Bello, Some of you know him who works for um, health department here in Tallahassee he's in our community group he actually called me that afternoon he's like hey about this uh, coronavirus thing because all the ep- epidemiologists here at work they seem to be pretty worked up about like are we going to cancel church on something and i was like can't who's ever like canceled church for like a pandemic you know like I, I don't know like that's a new thing you know and so like i remember that i remember like actually seeing like coronavirus notifications on my phone okay like i'm visiting websites and and looking like all of a sudden all of my hypochondriac web md knowledge is finally like paying off you know and like all these kind of research things right i just remember it's such a launch what was such a strange year Um, for me i'm sure for many of you and any of you watching at home as well that that for all of us this year has been really really different Um, you know for me i know i've really struggled a lot at different points over the course of the year that depression and isolation have been things i've had to you know had to battle um, it's been really hard for me um, not to be able to see a lot of you guys for you know a long time right as our church was not meeting together in that point as many of you you know are still watching at home right um, i know it's been a challenging year for some of us financially it's been a challenging year for many of us with our families you know you love your family but not like hey i'm ready to lock down with you 24 7 you know the whole entire year you know no respite right um, for some of us, it's been years where we battled addiction. It's been a year where we've battled some health issues. Um, it's certainly been a year where all of us, to some degree or another, have battled anxiety. Uh, we've battled, you know, just the the feelings and the worries and the stuff that comes with that. And uh, you know, for me, work has been a real challenge. You know, I'm not very good at you know preaching sermons and leadership. And this year I added to my you know little purview it was like, oh yeah, also now I know how to do YouTube live and that kind of you know, like I'm I'm researching all this stuff, right? I mean you can identify that with it, work or at home, right? You're you're like trying to become an expert in these new areas or at school, doing it in ways you never expected or imagined. It's just like different. You're trying to figure all this stuff out on the fly. It's just been a really really challenging and taxing year for so many of us i remember when i was about three or four years old my family uh, went to a christmas party and uh, i was playing in the basement downstairs in this house of the family we were at and uh, i was playing with like a group of seven or eight year olds who, of course hated this because like what seven what self-respecting seven or eight year old wants to hang out with a three or four year old right like you know i got things to do man i can't have this dead weight hanging on to me all the time and so in and this mean trick, they were playing downstairs and they managed to get separated from me for a little bit. They ran upstairs and they had the light switch at the top of the staircase there and they turned the lights off. And so now I'm like stuck in this totally dark basement, which of course is like three years old. It's like a terror worse than death, right? It's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And so I'm, I'm like i remember as a three-year-old i like groped around downstairs i'm terrified i ran into walls i think i ran into like their treadmill at some point downstairs or something like that i came up i had like a scratch on my face my mom was wondering what happened and i thought about that this week because i feel like that's kind of an accurate metaphor for what 2020 has felt like for a lot of us it kind of feels like we are trapped in this dark area this dark basement right we're trying to grope around we're trying to figure our way out we're trying to figure out Where do we go from here, and what do we do from here? And we kind of feel like we're just lost in some darkness, and we're struggling to find some hope. And that's where today's Christmas song comes in. We've taken this whole past month, and we've looked at, as you can see on the screen here, the songs of Christmas. We've been looking at these songs from different people in the Christmas story, in the biographies of Jesus' life and teaching from a guy named Luke. We've been looking at these songs that people sung about the coming of Christ, about the coming of this promised Savior and this promised Messiah. And today we're actually going to look at a story, at a song that actually happened about 700 or so years before Jesus. Um, it's from a prophet whose name is Isaiah. Um, Isaiah lived in Jerusalem, and unfortunately, like a lot of the Old Testament prophets, Isaiah did not have a message that was a really happy, like "Hey guys." just want to let you know everything's fine everything's going great you know like Isaiah had a tough message for the people which was essentially hey Jerusalem as a result of your sin the nation is going to eventually fall and uh, you guys are going to be led into exile and the people at that point were not very as you can imagine excited to hear that Um, the people in that moment even there was rising political there was rising military tension all around the small little country of judah where jerusalem is and so people were already pretty worried they're pretty nervous they're pretty worked up about you know like all the tensions now isaiah is coming and he's saying basically hey the worst that you can imagine is actually going to happen <laughs> and uh, as isaiah comes and he prophesies We get this beautiful Christmas song in the midst of him talking about, hey, there is some coming darkness for you as a group of people. But Isaiah gives us these words in his Christmas song that actually point us toward the fact that we have an ultimate hope, even when things grow dark. And Isaiah, in the beginning of Isaiah chapter 9, he writes this. He says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. So if you're a person who feels like you're in distress, you are in the right place, essentially Isaiah is saying. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. These are kind of parts of the northern part of Israel. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan. That's kind of the same place, just a different term to use for it. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light, And on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light is dawn. And Isaiah says to the people listening to him and the people he is writing to, when you feel like you are walking in darkness, do not fret because a great light is on the horizon. Okay, Isaiah is trying to tell these people, your present darkness is not the end of the story you might walk through darkness now but that is often a necessary precursor to the hope that god desires to work into our lives that hope is on the horizon even when things get dark okay Um, we often think that sometimes when we feel like we are walking in darkness it means that something is deficient with us or something is deficient with our faith we think that oh man if i was a better christian this wouldn't be happening man if i was a more spiritual person this wouldn't be happening okay meanwhile god i think is up in heaven kind of scratching his head because the centerpiece of our faith was a guy who died on the cross despite doing nothing wrong right jesus in his final words to his disciples said hey in this world you will have trouble right that's john sixteen thirty three. 33 it says those words but jesus invites us to instead receive the fact that just because we are walking in darkness does not mean that there is not a light coming on the horizon. He continues on in Isaiah. Isaiah writes, You have enlarged the nation, and you have increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder." For as in the day of Midian's defeat, this was like a high point for the nation of Israel in their past, you've shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment that was rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. Peace, Isaiah is saying, will come across the land. And Isaiah is trying to help his people understand Though times feel dark right now, God is doing something greater on the horizon, something that we can place our hope in, this coming Messiah. And then he gets to kind of addressing what this Messiah is going to be like. He says, to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. Now, when Isaiah writes about the government, he's not writing like the Joe Biden administration or the Trump administration, right? That word for government that Isaiah uses in Hebrew is way more all-encompassing. It's basically the idea of like, not just the government the way we think of it, but like literally the world's government, like like the the ordering and, and arranging of everything, the dominion and power over everything will rest on this child's shoulders. And Isaiah says... This coming Messiah that we are excited about, that we can place our hope in, is born to us. Now, lest we think that it's like for the special spiritual people, right? The people Isaiah is writing to in Isaiah chapter 9 are people who have messed it up. They're people who are sinful, who are broken, who are fallen, who do not have it together. For those of us who find ourselves in here, in this Christmas Eve, who feel like, man, God, I've messed it up. I've broken it. My life is not together. Isaiah says, you're one of the us that the Messiah was born for. You're one of the us that Jesus will come into the world to. And then he tells us a little bit about what this Messiah is like. He says, he is a wonderful counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I don't know if you hear those words a lot at Christmas time. normally. The church I grew up going to had these big banners that were on each each side of the wall. and They had all these titles for Jesus on them, and these were some of them. Every Christmas, they would usually sing that passage from Handel's Messiah. That was like, wonderful, like whatever, you know, that song. And so it's easy for us to get kind of lost in how commonplace especially this time of year those words can feel or seem but i want us to slow down and actually just think through each of those because each of those titles reveals something about who god desires to come to us as who jesus arrives to us as he's a wonderful counselor in other words when we find ourselves in need of counsel in need of help when we find ourselves struggling with questions about, how do I be a better wife? How do I be a better dad? How do I be a better? Um, how do I be a better husband? How do I be a better whatever? How do I succeed in business? God, show me what I should do in this next path on my life. Show me if I should marry this person, show me if I should you know, take this opportunity in front of me, whatever it might be, right? That he is the wonderful counselor. He delights to give counsel and he does so wonderfully. He's the mighty God. Which means that when I run up in situations where my might feels small and failing and wasting away, his is not. Because he is the mighty God. He's the everlasting father. He he is everything that a good father should be to us. He is a he is a perfect parent. He guides and leads his children. He is patient with his children. Psalm 23, right? The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me beside quiet waters. He leads me in the paths for his name's sake. All these beautiful things. We're told, God is our Father who does so everlasting. He never grows tired. He never grows weary. He never grows faint. That's part of his identity. And he is the Prince of Peace everywhere we go we get anxious about something right i'm anxious about oh my gosh how's it right i'm anxious about how's this service gonna go tonight i'm anxious about oh my gosh is my wife gonna like her christmas gifts um i'm anxious about like all oh, this conversation i have to have with so-and-so or about what does our future look like financially or all these different things right we all get anxious about all kinds of different things some of it really big some of it really small what we're told is when we connect to this messiah we are connected to the prince of peace to the ultimate source of the peace in our lives that we need when we come to jesus we receive each of those things which one do you need to receive this night and this this, uh, song uh, finishes off in isaiah 9 7 isaiah says Of the greatness of his government, his dominion, his rule, and his peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Here's what Isaiah says. You and I can take this coming Messiah to the bank because it is fabricated or his promise is is functioning not on the basis of my fabrication of it but on the basis of god's passion desire hope and and, and want to for it, it is his zeal it is his passion it is his fire that will bring these things about now when isaiah wrote these things about 700 years before jesus they had to take isaiah at his word because they were still a long way off from jesus appearing in this world you and I have the beautiful opportunity to know the God of whom Isaiah was writing about. That what we celebrate at Christmas Eve is, is Jesus born into this manger, coming into this world in real human time, in real flesh and blood, in real history, giving his real and actual life 30-some-odd years later on a cross to purchase a real redemption for us from sin. We celebrate a real Savior who is really resurrected from the dead, who promises a real and lasting eternal life to his followers. We are promised that even though we might walk through darkness now, which is exactly what Jesus did through many seasons of his life, his light is always on the horizon. And even if we don't experience it in this life, we know for a fact that the life to come, the eternity to come, Jesus' promise is made good to us. His birth, His death, and His resurrection proven to be so. Isaiah talks a lot about walking through the darkness and walking into the light. And uh, interestingly enough, One of the titles that Jesus took upon himself was that of light of the world. In John chapter 8, Jesus says these words um, to his friends and his followers. He says, "Um, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. When we walk through dark seasons, what Jesus says is when we walk with him, we have the light of life. We do not need to walk in darkness about what the future holds. I may not know what tomorrow is going to bring, but I do know how the story ends. And because you and I walk in the truth of how the story ends, we can walk in hope, knowing that God holds the future. We are invited to receive the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the light of the world. Tonight is an opportunity for us to do so. Let me pray for us. Lord God, I pray and give you thanks for um, your sacrifice for us. I give you thanks that this night you were born into the world. We give you thanks, Lord, for your goodness, grace, and mercy toward us. Lord God, um, help us to experience you as a wonderful counselor. Mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. May we walk into your kingdom tonight that has no end. I pray this, Lord God, in the name of Christ Jesus, our Savior and King, born this night.